on the um, bulletin board outside for the Wake Youth Display. There is this quote. The things in life, you may not be able to change them, but you can change the way you deal with them and your attitude toward them. This is really a wonderful quote. And the first step in doing that kind of practice is acknowledging and accepting that things do change. There is a teacher that always starts his Dharma talks with this reminder. The doors to the deathless are open. Let all those who are listening bring forth their faith. And in our tradition also, we remind ourselves to let go and simply listen. To remember and accept and taste the truth that in our deepest sense of things, we already know. So that is how we are asked to listen to a Dharma talk. But the Dharma is always talking, not just when we listen to a talk. There is nothing hidden, which is the way Zen says that. The doors to the deathless are always open. We just need to stop and look. And what is it saying? What do we see when we look deeply at things the way they've come to be? What? One thing we see is that everything changes. There is nothing that doesn't change. If you remember, when the Buddha started teaching, he was a failure. He failed. After his awakening, he first enjoyed his peace and bliss. Then he remembered, oh yes, that's right, I was supposed to help people not suffer, I remember, vaguely. And so he tried to find someone, and as he was walking down the road, he did meet someone, and the person looked at him and asked him, who are you? And the Buddha said, well, I'm awake, I'm full of bliss, radiance. And the guy said, sure, sure, I hear that a lot from people. 
good luck to you. And walk by. And so the Buddha learned something. And he decided to look for his five friends who he had left in the forest and try again. So he did. He walked into the forest. He found his five friends. They saw him. They eventually invited him in to sit down and join them and asked him what he had learned. They could see he was different. And he said, so skillfully, he talked with them where they were at and talked to them about suffering, the end of suffering, the cause of suffering, the path. And at the end of that teaching, it says in the one-page written account of it, that one of his friends, Kondana, understood, woke up. And of course, it says in the sutra, the heavens opened up and there were singing and music and flowers and the gods were joyous and dancing. And the Buddha was very, He didn't dance around, and he said, somebody understands. Somebody really understands. And you can imagine his joy, his joy at finding a way to express his understanding and be met. And what did Kondana understand? Remember? This is what he understood. Everything that has the nature of arising has the nature of ceasing. Every conditioned thing that arises will cease. And then the Buddha taught for 45 years. 40 years? 45 years. He taught many things. He was a brilliant teacher of parables and many teachings. And then, at the end of his life, what were his last words? Do you remember? Yeah. He went back to his original first teaching. The most important thing. Monks, he said. These are my last words to you. All conditioned things are subject to arise and to cease. 
be a lamp unto yourself. Strive on for your own liberation with diligence. Out of thousands of words, hundreds of volumes, years of teaching, the last thing, the most important thing he shared with his community was that all things that arise, all things that are born, must die. Something happy must be happening, right? Some celebration. It's the Buddha's words. <laughs> the teaching of impermanence. Yes. So in the beginning and in the end, there it is. There is the teaching of impermanence. And all of Buddha's teachings of suffering and of no self are contained in this simple teaching that everything is change. In that recognition of impermanence, there is real freedom found there. There's the possibility of freedom from suffering. We are not stuck in suffering. But this is is not an intellectual teaching. This is something that needs to be experienced. We need to be open to the possibility that everything we care for will leave us, including ourself, as well as things coming that we love and enjoy. Our experience is an experience of flow, the flow of materiality, flow of feelings, perceptions, thoughts, sense, consciousness, all flowing on. What what is it? I love this one where it says, all, let's see, constituent parts alone roll on. The mind that really deeply sees this is released 
the mind that sees that there is nothing to be grasped, that we can't really hold on to anything, is released. Whenever we let go, there is a dropping into more concentration, an opening to peace, just from the fact that we stop grasping. And whenever we resist that flow, we suffer only 100% of the time. (coughs) This is Suzuki Roshi from Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Things change. For the usual person, the teaching that everything changes is very discouraging. You cannot rely on anything. You cannot have anything. You will see what you don't want to see. You will meet someone you don't like. It can be discouraging and very difficult. But when we change our understanding and our way of living, we can completely enjoy our new life in each moment. The effinescence of things is the reason why we can enjoy our life. We love flowers because we know they are here a short time. And from that point of view, everything we see is precious. Then, when we lose something, we know we have met it fully and we can say goodbye. It is when we don't meet our life fully that we feel regret. (coughs) This is an important point. So our fundamental attitude Our Zen way of life is not verbal. It is simply to open yourself and give up everything. This is not easy. But it is our way. And I when I first heard that I thought, okay, I can I can do that. I can give up my tea bowl. I could give up a pen I like. If I, if I use it enough, <laughs> then I can give it up. But, but that's not what he said. <laughs> I'll read it again. Our Zen life is not verbal. It is simply to open yourself and give up everything. Then he says, whatever happens, study closely and see what you find. This is the fundamental attitude. We don't believe this when we hear it, but it is true. We are asked to give up everything, not just, I hate myself but also, 
I am awake. We open and open and let go and let go. This is the path. The path is doing less and less and less. And consequently, being more and more and more. The only way that we can really do this is to know that things are already gone. That as soon as we meet someone, the person we've just met is gone. Then the next time we meet them, it's somebody new. As soon as you step outside, everything we've done here is gone. As soon as you walk into your house, the walk to the house is gone. The song you heard is over. The talk you just had with a friend, gone. Gone, 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 gone. And if we try to hold on, we lose. We lose. We don't just suffer. We lose life. If you hold on to an idea, an emotion, an attitude, a defensive posture, an insight, especially an insight. You've lost. You're already late. Life has passed you by. Suzuki Roshi. Without accepting the fact that everything changes, we cannot find perfect composure. But unfortunately, although it is true, it is difficult for us to accept it. Because we cannot accept the truth of transiency, we suffer. So the cause of suffering is our non-acceptance of this truth. The teaching of the cause of suffering and the teaching that everything changes are thus two sides to one coin. And Dogen Zenji says, teaching which does not sound as if it is forcing something on you is not true teaching.
When we are mindful, usually we try to notice the objects of consciousness. But mindfulness is also paying attention to the teachings, to the truth, to the teachings about the way things are. It's skillful, I think, to pay attention, especially when things are ceasing. So, for example, there's an in-breath, and then there's an out-breath. Pay attention to the out-breath. You need the out-breath in order to have an in-breath. We need endings in order to have beginnings. Birth and death are not separate. They're the same process. And in our country, we are focused on life and especially youth. And so getting older is a shock. And dying is an impossibility. you know already that trying to stop this flow is impossible. And if we did, everything would be dead, right? Life is movement. Death is stillness. We think death is stillness, but it's a mistake. Death is just a change, another change. When my mother died, I was talking at my mother's funeral, and I could see there were about 250 people at my mother's funeral, and it was a long room. And at the end of the room, there was doors and windows, and they were open. And I could see the mountains in the behind everybody. And I said, I said, my mother is not lost. I didn't lose my mother. have her always in the mountains and in the sky and the nature. I didn't know what I was saying then, really, but it's true. We have to learn to love each other as if it is not going to last, because that's the truth of it. How different our relationships would be if we really felt that you didn't know how long the relationship was going to be there. How different we would be to our children, to each other. Everything is dying all the time. Everything is arising and passing away. 
when we are with death, when we keep it on our shoulder and don't shy away, when we allow it in, when we are around death, there is an intensification of presence. That is the gift of death. There is a very thin veil when something dies, especially if a person is not resisting death. It's a very thin veil between life and mystery. Very thin. And the person is actually gazing there, and you can feel that. There's an intensification of presence, of being. And in that intensification, there is no room for inauthenticity. There is no future. There is no room for the masks we often wear. There is no room for the distance we want to maintain. It all is seen through. Oftentimes, just before death, there's a kind of a radiance that pops out. Sometimes people even get up. I heard a story one time of a woman very close to death, um, and her family was preparing what they needed to prepare. And they came to her one morning, the morning they thought (laughs) she was going to die, and she was up vacuuming the living room. And they said to her, what are you doing, you know, out of bed? She said she wasn't finished yet, you know. She had people to see, things to do, places to go. She was radiant, radiant, radiant with life, the mystery, the magic that's in front of us all the time that we just are too speedy to notice. So this gift that is given at the time of death, kind of the the person's last gift to us in a way, is a mirror of what we are. We are seeing and feeling what is timeless, what is beyond birth and death. And we break open. We break open, and that presence pours out. 
as we resonate with that person's being. It's a gift. It's ungraspable. Words cannot touch it. But we all know it. And if we look, we can see and feel that same presence, especially in nature, in the park, in the trees, in the sky, the garbage. It's the same. There is something ineffable about everything, including each one of us. What would it be like if we gave up the future? How would we love then? How would we meet each other if there was only really just this? Nothing to be fixed. There's no more time. We give up holding to thoughts or opinions. No future. What for? Give up identity with anything. Just this. Give up everything and die moment after changing moment. This is our path. This is how to live. If we can live this life fully, appreciating each moment for what it is, whatever it is, we appreciate it because it won't be here again, ever again. We can stand up as life itself, as a wake life, which is what we are. And then at that moment, just being alive is enough, finally. Life is its own miracle. It's what Katagiri said in his book, the chapter. To live is just to live. That's it. Just this moment, give it up. Just this moment, give it up. Just this moment, give it up. Just wholehearted attention to the activity at hand, and then give it up. This is that poem I tried to remember the other night. I looked it up. One, seven, Three, five. The truth you search for cannot be grasped. As night advances, a bright moon illuminates the whole ocean. 
The dragon's jewels are found in every wave. Looking for the moon, it is here, in this wave, in the next. So, this teaching of impermanence is difficult for us, but it's worth the effort to live that way. It is a door to the deathless. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.